Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. Y'all, I'm so sad. The travelers that have been here for the last week, they just left for the airport last night. Last night was Tuesday. I'm hella late recording this episode. I had to take care of my people and get them on the plane safely back to their homes. You know, I cried when the bus pulled off. (laughs) I was staying with them at the hotel all last week and we had a bus come pick them up and take them to the airport. And I was standing outside waving goodbye to them. Really amazing, amazing group of women. Since the last time we spoke, We done ran all over Ghana. I think I recorded the last episode on Thanksgiving Day. I did it a day early so I could focus on the travelers. Obviously, we had our Thanksgiving dinner, which was freaking amazing. Last year's decor was like the most beautiful setup I'd ever seen. I was like just blown away by what the design team was able to create. This year... You know, I've seen a lot. I've been a lot of places. I didn't see some beautiful shit. I walked in and I literally gasped. They had like florals hanging from the ceiling. There were chandeliers in the flowers. There were chandeliers over the presentation of our dinner. Beautiful tablescapes. The team here just blew it out of the water. It's the final season world. And they just exceeded all my expectations. Everything about this trip was just good. Just really, really good. It was just a really great group of women. Like really high energy, really fun. Not so much partiers. The other groups have really wanted to like hit the clubs. One night we stayed up in the hotel lobby until 2 a.m. We did a mastermind. There's 22 women on the trip. I want to say it was probably 17, 18 of us showed up. We sit in this gigantic circle and answer, who are you? What do you do? What do you want to do? What do you need? How can I help? Like nearly everyone is in a place of pivot, I think. It's it's one of the things that attracts people to just me in general. Because I feel like I'm constantly pivoting. Like I'm doing this and okay, now I'm doing that. Okay, now I'm doing this. Now I'm doing that. I have a bucket list 
obviously of places that I want to go, but also of life experiences that I want to have. But most of the women on this trip, I think, have a very similar outlook. Just a really dope group of ladies. Like we've had all the brunches, all the dinners, all the resorts. We got kind of tipsy at one of the resorts. We loosely made plans to go to this training camp in a forest in Thailand and do like Muay Thai and kickboxing. I want to do it for three weeks. I convinced other people like a week or two at a time. Remember I met the guy in um, Portugal when I went for my birthday, the white guy, and he told me about the resort. And then I went and looked it up and I was like, I thought he was just staying in some gully shit. It was some beautiful luxury shit, but also it's a hardcore training camp where you get punched in the face. And I was like, no, really, I want to be in a ring and I want to box with a Thai guy who punches me in my goddamn face and I hit the floor. And I want to get up the next day with like a black eye and do it all over again. I want to be a warrior. Ah! So yeah, so that's what we got drunk and planned to do for the fall. Like it was, it was great. It was awesome. <laughs> we have good black news this week. Kind of. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy shit this week too. I don't even know if we can cover all of it. But in good black news, Beyonce had her world premiere for Renaissance. I'm very excited to see it someday. There's only one big theater, and by big, I mean what we would call independent size back home. But there's one major theater here, and Renaissance is not on the schedule. They got Napoleon on the schedule. If you know how to bootleg American films that appear in theaters, and I promise I will stream it, I will download, I will make sure that the film gets my money. But y'all, I'm on the other side of an ocean and cover pop culture for a living and can't get access to like huge movies right now. It's driving me nuts. Remember that whole why not win thing? I still don't have a completely clear answer. Like I have a direction. One of the issues is, can I be professionally at my best and still live overseas? And it's looking like the answer is no. I just told you I have like the bucket list of things that I want to do in life. Bop around, live overseas, see a bunch of countries is one of them. But I also have these big professional goals. And like, while right now I'm not in like go mode, there are things that I want to do and I need to put them in motion. But I kind of feel like I need to be back in East America to do that. That's not the point. The point is there was a world premiere for Renaissance. We'll talk about Beyonce's look in a minute. But the reviews for the film have been excellent. Lena Waithe was there. She gushed about the film in very few words. She posted pictures from the silver carpet and she said, Beyonce made a masterpiece. Ava DuVernay said about the same thing, but in so many more words. She's looking amazing these days. I mean, not that she wasn't amazing before. I mean, thick Ava was something to see too, but now she's in thin Ava era. I'm not mad at it. She's just a pretty woman. Where's Ava? I screenshotted it. Here we go. This was Ava's take on Beyonce. She said, just home from the world premiere of Beyonce's Renaissance film. And wow, the woman is a director in every sense of the word and beyond. Ava said she became emotional during the film. She said there was a section that she felt as if Beyonce was speaking for her. She says, quote, Beyonce talks candidly about having to fight to be heard as a black woman leader working at a high level of difficulty, having to endure being second-guessed often and gaslit constantly. We actually see moments of this happening to her on camera, people directly doubting, shortchanging, gaslighting her. I haven't seen that described in a film before, something that I've experienced far too often unfolding on the big screen in detail as proof 
as evidence that this is real and not in our heads. Getting used to it is something I'll never do. But sometimes knowing that someone else understands that feeling you're feeling helps. In that way, this film helped me. I never expected to feel so seen in a concert film. I can't wait to see this film. I'm so terribly excited about it. Also, reading this part about Ava being gaslit and downplayed, there is a new documentary on Netflix stamped from the beginning. I think it's uh, Mara Brockle-Keel is one of the EPs. I started watching it the other day. It's one of those films that you need to like watch a couple times to take everything in. It's about the construction of race in America, particularly black being viewed as negative and how the negative stereotypes around blackness affect our everyday lives. There's a lot of layers to it, but one of them that stands out is what the film calls a Phyllis Wheatley moment. You know who Phyllis Wheatley is, like the first black woman to publish a book of poetry. Her work was of such high quality, it was so good that white people questioned whether she was capable of even writing it. I mean, question to the point that a group of white men had Phyllis Wheatley sitting up in a room explaining herself so they could determine whether she had the capacity to actually create the work that she, in fact, did create. They asked black women that are featured in the documentary about their Phyllis Wheatley moment. And all of them were like, yes, of course, to be sat down and questioned about your skill as a black woman because somebody can't believe that, yes, you are capable. Yes, you are articulate. Yes, you are capable. Yes, you are brilliant. Yes, you are intelligent. Yes, you did the shit nobody thought you could do. Yes, I did that shit. I point that out to say that section kind of reminds me of what Ava is speaking about and connecting with Beyonce who's also experienced this as well. And I'm like, after all Beyonce's done, like we still questioning her? If she's capable, really? Really? Speaking of questioning Beyonce, actually hold off, we'll go there in a second because Miss Tina cursed everybody out. I kind of want to read that in whole. Beyonce has the launch of Renaissance. Much like people had shown up to her show in silver, silver was the theme of the tour. Beyonce shows up to the red carpet in silver. She's got on a silver Versace dress. She's dyed her hair, or better, she's put on a platinum wig. I believe it was a silver carpet. There's definitely silver curtains standing behind her as the backdrop. In the image, Beyonce is very pale. We'll come back to that. There were definitely A-listers there, like Lena Waithe was there, Lupita was there, Nisi and Jessica were there, all of Destiny's Child minus Farrah. We ain't seen Farrah in a month of Sundays. Chloe and Hallie. Lori Harvey. There were some other people, but it just wasn't like the A-list turnout that I would expect for Beyonce. Every celebrity and their mother made it a point to go to the concert and make a really big deal about it. Show themselves getting ready for the concert. Show themselves at the concert dancing. Show footage of Beyonce's performance. So everybody could see that they were in the good seats or the VIP standing section. I just expected the world premiere to be way more A-list than it was. Especially since celebrities have been caught up in the house all this time and weren't able to promote their project. I just feel like people would want to be out and about and be seen. And I was like, where is everyone? I mean, everyone else. I'm like, where was Taylor Swift? Like Beyonce showed up to your premiere and made sure you had a boost. I read that Taylor's moving into old boy's house. The football player that she's been dating, the one who cut off his beard. He had a beard when he was dating a black girl. And he ain't got a beard no more. He dating Taylor. 
He's still fine. They look happy. We ain't spending no time talking about Taylor Swift on this podcast, though. I just wondered where she was at the premiere. And I was like, oh, like, you couldn't make it out? Really? Tracy Ellis Ross? Like, where were you? You're a huge Beyonce fan. You couldn't make it out? Where were you? Jay-Z? Where was Jay-Z? Oprah? Well, Oprah's promoting her own thing. The Color Purple is coming out in December. Speaking of the Color Purple, Fantasia? I don't know who's styling her right now. Head to toe. She looks amazing. But the stylist, the fashion stylist, I mean, everybody is doing 10-level work. But the fashion stylist has gone up to like a 12. Excellent. Excellent. Fantasia had on this little number the other day. It was like a, it was a strapless dress with a white collared shirt underneath and a tie. I want to say the strapless dress was leather. It was perfection. Like if perfection was a person, it's Fantasia right now. All the outfits from this press run have been out of this world. Absolutely amazing. Ah, ah. That's not the point. Here's the point. Solange, where was Solange? Where is Solange? Solange don't really come out to play with us no more. I don't know what's going on with Solange. I wish her well. I really like Solange. And I was like, is there a rift in the family we don't know about? She could have been there and just not been in pictures. If you saw Solange, let me know. Uh huh. It just struck me as odd. What struck most people as odd, though, was Beyonce's color. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. She's on this silver carpet. She's very pale. Now, in fairness, we have seen this shade of Beyonce before. Do you remember the documentary she did? I think it was on HBO. Right after Blue was born. She was sitting on the couch holding Blue. That's the first time I think we saw baby Blue. And she was super, super pale then. She has moments of paleness. Also, look at Mama Tina. Mama Tina is a very pale black woman. There's a precedent for Beyonce's paleness. It's not like we've never seen her this light before. I think there's a few things happening with this silver carpet picture of Beyonce. She was on tour the whole summer. She wasn't outside, literally outside, and she didn't get enough sun. Light-skinned people get pale in the winter. It just is what it is. But if you don't have any summer sun, it's possible to get very pale. She's also wearing silver, as in the dress, and she has this platinum hair. Silver is a cool color. Gold is a warm color. 
it can absolutely wash you out. If she's already pale and she's not lit properly and there's a flash, that will wash her out as well. I also think there may have been some editing on the photo. I'm not excusing. I'm just saying these are some of the things that may happen. I don't think as many people speculated that Beyonce is bleaching her skin. I think, just like I said, like Beyonce has been operating at a, le at a high level of artistry all these years. It's crazy to me that people would question her capability as an artist. Beyonce done declared, except for that one L'Oreal commercial, Beyonce has declared 50 million times that she is a proud black woman, that she likes black features. She talked about how she liked her baby's hair and an afro. She likes her Negro's nose with Michael Jackson nostrils. Like she has a whole song, Brown Skin Girl. The girl did the Super Bowl dressed as a Black Panther. I feel like she could get the benefit of the doubt here on whether she's trying to become a white woman or if she's bleaching her skin. That said, I think we also need to acknowledge that there's like some historical precedent for black people being hypersensitive about black celebrities, especially crossing over. Cause that's really what the hullabaloo is about. It's the fear that Beyonce is trying to abandon her black audience. It's like, we've supported you all these years and now you're not interested in us anymore. Now you're trying to appeal to white people by becoming a white woman. I think black people have like a PTSD sort of thing with like Michael Jackson, like you're the biggest star in the world. Your original nostrils were wide. Your original complexion was brown. Your original hair was, was big and kinky. And then over the years, like he kind of morphed into a white woman. It has been confirmed by doctors that his light complexion was due to vitiligo. It wasn't him bleaching his skin. But I do think that there's a paranoia there. Black people are like, oh, like you want to abandon your blackness. You want to start passing in order to access spaces. Like you're not a proud black person anymore. I don't think that's the case with Beyonce. I think she was trying to be real, real extra for her Renaissance premiere. And I think she took it a little far and the audience has reacted. And, and also, let's say this, Beyonce's audience, the Beehive, can be very, very supportive of Beyonce, but there's also a little section that can be also really, really mean. I obviously haven't seen Renaissance. I was reading that there's a portion about Blue performing on the tour, and when she told her mom she wanted to perform, Beyonce was like, no, absolutely not. Blue persisted. Beyonce relents, she performs, and a lot of people were very supportive. I was at the show in Paris where Blue performed for the first time in front of 40,000 people at 11 years old. I don't have it in me to criticize the dancing skills of an 11-year-old girl. She's a kid. But many people were very vocal about their critique of Blue's dancing skills, and the little girl saw it. She went online and she saw what people were saying about her. And Beyonce said she was really proud of Blue that she saw the criticism and she decided to push through and get better, which I think is dope. I think that's a great sign of character. I think it sounds like they're raising Blue really well. But I also feel like an 11-year-old girl should not have to go online and see grown people dragging her ass. Like, oh, she's resilient. She shouldn't have to be at 11. Ugh. Mama Tina went off on everybody. She didn't mention Blue, but I'm sure that has something to do with the way she went off. Mama Tina saw what y'all had to say about Beyonce 
quote and unquote looking like a white woman and she went off she posted a video she says quote came across this today and decided to post it after seeing all the stupid ignorant self-hating racist statements about beyonce lightening her skin and wearing platinum hair wanting to be white she does a film called the renaissance where the whole theme is silver with silver hair, a silver carpet, and suggested silver attire, and you bozos decide she's trying to be a white woman and is bleaching her skin. Duh. She wore silver hair to match her silver dress as a fashion statement, clown. Alien. Superstar. Duh. What's really sad is that a white woman had the audacity to reach out to Beyonce's hairstylist. She was from TMZ. To say that the fans are saying that she wants to be white, and she wanted to get a statement about it from the hairstylist. That made my blood boil. That this white woman felt so entitled to discuss her blackness. I'm jumping forward a little bit. She says, I'm sick and tired of people attacking her. Every time she does something that she works her ass off for and is a statement of her work ethic, talent, and resilience. Here you sad little haters come out of the woodwork. Jealousy and racism, sexism, double standards, you perpetuate those things. Instead of celebrating a sister or just ignoring if you don't like her. I'm sick of you losers. I know that she is going to be pissed at me for doing this, but I am fed up. Miss Tina is done with y'all mofos. She's over it. And I'm not really mad at her. I think Beyonce has given us enough quality work over the last, like what, 25 years? You could give her the benefit of the doubt. I remember a couple weeks ago, Shannon Sharp had gone on TV and he had a bad makeup job. And folks was like, Unk, you look casket sharp. He got a good roasting for the day. He came online and he joked about it. And he was like, you know, I was a new makeup artist and first time working together and she didn't quite get it, but we're going to get it together. And, you know, like I saw what y'all wrote, y'all funny, haha. You know, he, he took it on the chin and moved on. I feel like that's what Beyonce was owed in this moment. Was it the best look? Um, clearly, it didn't resonate with a lot of the audience. But to accuse her of wanting to be white, I think saying about a black person that they want to be white is such a highly offensive thing to say. I didn't love the look. I don't think it warranted the dragging that people gave. That's a lot on Beyonce, but I guess that's a lot of layers. That was our good black news for the week. I think everything else is, yeah, pure trash. We have some updates from our conversation last week about all the lawsuits. The New York Survivors Act expired after Thanksgiving. And a, a flurry of lawsuits had come through. And there were even more that I wasn't able to get in last week's episode. But one thing I do want to mention, because we talked about the accusation of an assault with Jamie Foxx. A woman said that she and a friend had met Jamie at Catch NYC. And that he had groped her boobs and then stuck his hands down her pants and touched her in private areas. It's worth noting that Jamie Foxx has denied the accusation. Via a spokesperson, he told People Magazine, quote, the alleged incident never happened. His spokesperson said in 2020, this individual filed a nearly identical lawsuit in Brooklyn. That case was dismissed shortly thereafter. The claims are no more viable today than they were then. We are confident they will be dismissed again. Additionally, once they are dismissed, Mr. Fox intends to pursue a claim for malicious prosecution against this person and her attorneys for refiling this frivolous action. Also, there were more lawsuits that came through. The mayor of New York, Eric Adams, 
was accused in a lawsuit of sexually assaulting a Florida woman three decades ago. I'm reading this on the New York Times. The New York Times is not giving a lot of details about the suit. It just says um, the suit, which was filed Wednesday, accuses the mayor of assaulting the woman in 1993 when Mr. Adams was a New York police officer. The woman also accuses Mayor Adams and the NYPD of employment discrimination, retaliation, hostile work environment, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. The Times said that there are no specific details in the case. Mayor Adams has denied the allegations. He says he does not recall ever meeting the woman who filed the suit. The woman is asking for $5 million and also names the police department as a defendant. Hmm. We'll see how that plays out. Diddy? That wasn't a snort of laughter. That was a snort of, this is a shit show. So I told you I recorded last week's episode on Thursday because I had the travelers in town. Shortly after I wrapped last week's episode, two more lawsuits came in against Diddy. Both from 1991. Page six has the details on the second one. It says, according to a complaint filed Thursday in Manhattan Supreme Court, a woman claimed Diddy raped and drugged her in 1991 when she was a college student at Syracuse University. She said she agreed to have dinner with Puffy and during their date, he intentionally drugged her, resulting in her being in a physical state where she could not independently stand or walk, according to the lawsuit. At first, he drove her to a music studio, but she couldn't get out of the car. And then he took her to a place he was staying to sexually assault her. The woman didn't go to the police following the incident, but was later approached by Devante Swain of Jodeci. He's somewhere like, how I get in it? She said Devante told her that Puffy had been sharing a sex tape featuring Puffy and this woman. The woman said she asked Devante for help and he refused to do anything because he feared he would lose his record deal with Puffy. The woman says that after the ordeal, she was so messed up that she dropped out of college and was admitted to a hospital for suicidal ideation. Jesus. Page six reached out to Puffy or Diddy's camp via a spokesperson. He denies the allegations. The spokesperson told page six, this last minute lawsuit is an example of how a well-intentioned law can be turned on its head. This 32 year old story is made up and not credible. Mr. Combs never assaulted her. This is purely a money grab and nothing more. You know what? Page six references the daily beast. They've got the full complaint. Let me see if there's more details on the Daily Beast. I'm reading now. She was working as a server at a restaurant to pay for her schooling and Combs repeatedly pursued her. She had heard of the rapper's quote, history of treating women badly and rejected his overtures. She'd also appeared in a video straight from the soul by finesse and sequence and she was seen in the video with Puffy. 
She apparently knew Sister Soldier because she said Sister Soldier, a rapper from the Bronx, pointedly asked Plaintiff why she and Combs had been featured together in the music video. The lawsuit states, Plaintiff understood that Sister Soldier was warning her to stay away from Combs given his infamous reputation. Yo, everybody's name is popping up in these lawsuits. They said the woman did eventually agree to meet Combs at her restaurant. And in her lawsuit, it says she left her drink unattended when she went to the bathroom. She said after they got into Combs' car, he goaded her into taking a hit from his blunt. The lawsuit says from that point on, Plaintiff's memory is incomplete. According to the suit, which includes claims for assault and battery, sex trafficking, and revenge porn, that's the video, Combs tried to discourage her from speaking out about him while she worked as a personal assistant for a management company that represented Funkmaster Flex. During a party thrown by her supervisor, Combs confronted her and dramatically got down on his knees before insisting that he wanted her to believe him when he said he did not do what she was saying. She said she spent years trying to escape the trauma she experienced and ended up leaving the music industry and moving to California. She says it was the filing of lawsuit about his abuse of Cassie that forced her to face his assault again. Damn. Lawsuit number three. This is some wild shit too. Also from 1991, which I was like, you been on this shit all this time? Allegedly. I'm reading this on Rolling Stone. The new complaint from an anonymous accuser alleges Combs and singer-songwriter Aaron Hall took turns raping the plaintiff and her friend in 1990 or 1991 and that Diddy turned violent during a rage days later. The woman alleges that she and her friend met Diddy and Hall at an event hosted by MCA Records. She says both Combs and Aaron Hall were, quote, very flirtatious and handsy with Jane Doe and her friend, offering them drinks throughout the night. As the event was winding down, Combs and Hall allegedly invited the women back to Hall's apartment for an after party. They said at Hall's apartment, Jane Doe was offered more drinks and was coerced into having sex with Combs. After Combs finished doing his business, isn't that how Miss Seeley described Mr.? It said Jane Doe laid in the bed, shocked and traumatized. As she was in the process of getting dressed, Hall barged in the room, pinned her down, and forced Jane Doe to have sex with him. The complaint says that after Aaron Hall, Jane Doe quickly got dressed and fled from the residence. She said she later spoke to her friend and learned the other woman had been forced to have sex with Combs and Hall in another room. Quote, upon information and belief, when Combs finished with Jane Doe, he and Hall switched. The suit says a couple days after the alleged assault, Combs allegedly visited the home where Jane Doe and her friend were staying and turned violent. He was irate and began assaulting and choking Jane Doe to the point that she passed out. Combs was searching for Jane Doe's friend because he was worried that she would tell the girl he was with at the time what he and Hall had done to them. Alongside Hall and Combs, the suit names MCA Music Entertainment and Geffen Records as defendants. 
the lawsuit says the woman informed her close friends and family about what had occurred at the time. She also sought medical treatment after this happened. Via his lawyer, Diddy denies this allegation as well. His lawyer or spokesperson, let me be accurate. The spokesperson said, quote, these are fabricated claims falsely alleging misconduct from over 30 years ago and filed at the last minute. This is nothing but a money grab. Because of Mr. Combs' fame and success, he is an easy target for anonymous accusers who lie without conscience or consequence for financial benefit. He continues, the New York legislature surely did not intend or expect the Adult Survivors Act to be exploited by scammers. The public should be skeptical and not rush to accept these bogus allegations. I'm just telling you what the lawyer said. I'm kind of with 50 on this one. I mean, everything is alleged, but in my personal opinion, they say he did that shit, he did it. One of his bodyguards, actually two of his bodyguards, have spoken up. One of them is the one that was named in the lawsuit with Cassie. The bodyguard released a statement. He says that he's ready to talk. He says that he has four daughters. He doesn't take Cassie's allegations lightly, uh, but he has something to say. I haven't seen him say it yet. I saw an interview with another bodyguard. He says he wasn't present for anything that happened with Cassie, but he says everything that Cassie describes in that lawsuit, he saw happen to Kim Porter. Nigga. I feel like we've covered enough crazy today. Oh, no, we didn't. There's two more things. As a result of all these lawsuits, Macy's has cut ties with Mr. Combs. I saw this on Radar Online. It says Diddy's clothing brand, Sean John, will no longer be carried in Macy's. The rapper's label won't be available on the department store's website, effective this month. Also, he's out at Revolt. Um, according to Diddy's spokesperson, it's temporary. According to Revolt, he just out. Diddy's spokesperson says temporarily steps down as chairman of Revolt, the media company he co-founded in 2013. According to Revolt, Sean Combs has stepped down from his position as chairman. While Mr. Combs has previously had no operational or day-to-day -day role in the business, translation, we ain't involved in his shit. Don't sue us. Don't come for us. This decision helps to ensure that Revolt remains steadfastly focused on our mission to create meaningful content for the culture and amplify the voices of black people, blah, 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 blah. Okay. One of my good, good friends has been calling that he was out at Revolt since he settled the Cassie lawsuit, which seems like forever ago, but was really like two weeks. We're watching the downfall of Diddy. I don't delight in seeing a black man's downfall, but I do delight in seeing a man who has been accused countless times by so many people of being violent. 50 Cent has been hard body trolling. He's never like Puffy. I don't know what the initial source of their beef is. There's a clip circulating of 50 Cent talking about like early on Puff wanted to hang out and he was like, let me take you shopping or some shit. Fifth was like, why does man asking to take me shopping? This shit's weird. And Game has a similar story. I saw a clip of that interview. I don't know if that's old or new though. But Game tells a story about hanging out with Puff and they were supposed to be working on music. And he was like, we doing all this hanging out. But he was like, when we actually going to do work? Like, I don't need friends. Like, I need, I need to like create. But people are coming out the woodwork and we're only on week two. The lawsuits that we're reading, this number two and number three, we know these stories because they made it to actual lawsuits. Just like Puffy's lawyer and Cassie's lawyer both acknowledged that there were conversations about money before Cassie filed her lawsuit. 
there may be stuff going on behind the scenes where Diddy's paying out people so that the stories don't come to light. So it doesn't make it to a lawsuit. I was reading online, it's just like going through the comments and people are like, well, you know, people are trying to break him, but he's like a billionaire um, or is close to it. They were like, they can't break him. Like Diddy has all this money. He's going to be fine. One last story. I was reading about Bill and Camille Cosby because, you know, Bill had all those lawsuits too. I read this on lovebscott.com and they got it from Radar Online. They said, according to an insider, the couple is, quote, in financial turmoil. We're told Bill's money problems are so grim with the ongoing lawsuits that they have been forced to, quote, and unquote, liquidate their assets, take out second mortgages, and sell off their beloved artwork. They said Camille Cosby is seemingly in denial about their financial issues. The source alleged that Bill and Camille have not paid their household staff in some time, with Bill telling Camille they, quote, can't live that lifestyle anymore. He allegedly wants her to fire some of their employees, but Camille won't budge, alleging she can't bear to live without their chef or staffers. It said the comedian struggle has been playing out in the headlines with the ex-star allegedly owing $650,000 for the 2019 and 2020 tax years. According to The Blast, he was recently hit with two tax liens, one for over $88,000 and another for over $600,000. They note that Bill is also on the hook for $500,000 he was ordered to pay after a California civil jury found the woman was assaulted by the comic at the Playboy Mansion in 1975 when she was just 16. Oh dear. I expect that this will probably be Diddy's fate. It's the same thing that happened to R. Kelly too. He lost a big chunk of his money paying out settlements to women he abused. It looks like that's the way Puffy's headed too. Oh well. I don't think we're doing Sheila and Bob. We'll do Sheila and Bob on Friday. I'll try to tape it in advance. I'm just exhausted. I can't pull it together. And I think we have enough drama for one episode. We don't need any more. We'll save Bob and Sheila and hope nothing truly crazy happens between now and Friday. Remember that episode where I was like, it's really a dry week. Like nothing's happened. Like everyone seems to be like quiet right now. And I was like, just wait, a shit storm is coming. And then here we are. I didn't want it to be this. But, you know, yeah. All right. We'll talk on Friday. Thank you for your patience. All right. Bye.